quick disclaimer to the audience. India is getting some work done at her abode. Yes, yes. So if, if you if it sounds like someone's getting hammered to death, it's just a wall. Yes, oh. believe that. It is just a wall. There is no one banging to get out of my basement. Wow, okay. No one. Welcome, it's 10 Very <laughs> Big Books. Today we're talking about Gardens of the Moon, book three, The Mission. Talk Tool and the Talani Mass. That's right. It's the Rivy Plains. We're doing it all backwards today. The introduction is coming last. <laughs> my name is Peter Bond, and with me is my friend and closest confidant, not a murderer, India Jones. Aloha. And of course, uh, the mad puppet of this particular podcast, Joshua Baker. You're all my marionettes, and it's all a dream. That was fantastic. Thank you. You know, I, I actually felt like I had a fun banter thing I wanted to do, but it seems like we really kind of, we, we kind of used up all the juice, so to speak, you know? Can we just use a little more? There's a little, you, sque- you ring it real tight, there's a little bit left. I don't think so, Ange. I think, you, I think this particular... I'm I'm sw- hold on, I'm squishing the bottle. <laughs> Uh, there's uh, there's some juice left in that bad boy. Oh, actually no. Do you know what? I kind of it's just like that kind of condensation with traces of the juice. You know, it's yeah. like the little water at the bottom of the mustard. It's like juice oh, adjacent. There's nothing that that was a horrible one. Water at the bottom of the mustard. <laughs> you didn't shake it. You didn't shake that bad boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that one got me so good. Oh my god, this opening this opening's a. a a gangbuster it's a rocket straight to the moon guardian garden garden of the moon the and moon with that spawn <laughs> with that um all right let me summarize <clears throat> off to a great start as always chapter eight the bridge burners have arrived north of darujistan on the shores of Lake Azure, the Black Moranth unload munitions and confer with Whiskey Jack. Quick Ben uses his magic to contact Hairlock. The puppet emerges from the chaos between Warrens and informs Quick Ben about the Hound of Shadow, Perrin, and Tattersail. Afterwards, the bridge burners set sail for Darujistan, with Quick Ben proposing something to Whiskey Jack. Josh, this is our first time seeing the bridge burners after we learned about the characters inside Darujistan, and we're catching up with their mission to try and come to approach and siege the city. Uh, What did you think about it? Well, I thought it was, uh, first off, I saw that it was 12 pages, and I was uh, pretty hype. Pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Yes, and, uh, but I thought it was interesting. I missed my boy Whiskey Jack. He starts off. He starts off talking to the Maranth. Yeah, bugs which, life. The bug people, which I've before asked about, and every answer I get, I still don't quite understand, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. It was interesting to see that they kind of, like, treated him with some respect. Like, we keep getting told that Whiskey Jack is this great general, but, like, I, I mean, if I feel like if even, like, these bug people acknowledge him, I'm like, how, how did you end up here in this shitty mission? Yeah. It was, just, it was interesting to see that, like, you know, he's in this bad position, but, like, obviously the dude's done some shit to get some respect cool to see yeah i mean uh i think later on when we're in pale it they talk about how he used to be dujak's commander you know he's clearly a story veteran yeah i also uh i i mean whenever i'm with the it's so weird because when you're with the bridge burners like 
Yeah. These characters in any other fantasy novel, like, they would be the main characters that, like, the only characters, and we would see, and it's so wild that, like, they have their own lives and this own great story, but we don't get to see it. We get to see these, like, glimpses into it, and I hate it, and I love it. Really interesting. What do you think about that, Inge? Okay. I didn't know that there was bug people in the first, in that chapter, so that's fascinating. That's the, uh, no, the, the, when Perrin first shows up on Genabacus, he, he flies on a giant bug to the city of Pale. Oh, in this no chapter? No, like three, like f- f- four or five chapters ago. No, no, I'm talking about this chapter. I didn't realize that he was talking to a bug person at oh, all. Oh, I see. But when does the the plan come into... Because <laughs> that's all I really got from this chapter was that there was a plan and he's like, I wonder what bullshit Sari's up to. And then that's really what I got from it. Like they were going on a boat and audiobook is off to a bad start. We'll say yeah. that much. Yeah, well, they're staging the plan. And then, oh, wait. So wait, I mean, can, let me just tell you from what I understood. Okay. And then we can go from there. So there were two people with two conflicting ideas of how this plan was going to go. Sure. And then they were like, one guy was like, we could do your plan, but it'd get us all killed. So we're going to do my plan. And so then they're talking, but nobody knows how to ride a boat or to do something with a boat except for Sorry. And Sorry's No like, one knows how to fish except for Sorry. Yeah. And then everyone's like, like I what's fish. up, Sorry? Yeah. You know, it seems like a strange skill for her to have to them. And then... Yes, and then I found I found out later that apparently Whiskey Jack's gone. He went somewhere else with I guess maybe he was with a different team of people. Yeah, they they split up. Kalam, Quickben, and Sorry kind of go off, and then Whiskey Jack and the rest of the soldiers are in a kind of separate team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is this was the little marionette in this chapter? Yes, he was. Yes, he was because this is when I was in the supermarket. Um, <laughs> sense memory. That. And so yes, so. And then he... He kind of sums up what happened in the City of Pale when the Hound of Shadow attacked Perrin and Tattersail. Right. Yes. But but whoever he was talking to who controls him is... Right? Quick Ben. They're allies. They don't... He doesn't control the puppet. Oh, I thought he said that he did. Well, yeah, the puppet kind of like... Well, the puppet is like answering to him. Like, you know, they're allies. I don't... I don't know if he controls him. He summoned him. Oh. You know, like, he, like, summoned Hairlock to him. It's, I think it's more that they're bound and that, that, they Quick, didn't ben, that word, yeah. Quick, Quick Ben kind of has, like, some uh, some weird connection that, like, he could kind of mess with Hairlock, but it's tenuous at best. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's, not, he... it's, not, it's not like Quick Ben can be like, yo, bring me some grape soda. Right. And Hairlock's like, I must! He did say that... Like, I don't remember what he said, but basically, like, it's getting harder to, like, not control, but I guess, I don't know. He said something grows, like, he's getting more in control. You'll remember, Hairlock is, like, not technically within one of the Warrens, right? Yeah, that's why he's crazy. He's within the, like, the, you know, the space between the Warrens, chaos, as it's called. And, like, as a result, he's, uh, you know... Yeah, he's he's losing a few strings. If that and, puppet makes sense, I don't know. No, it does. It does. But um, and then another thing that he said. I'm just trying to understand the small parts, maybe to understand the whole story. So he wants. He's like, you want to. You can't go to the like. Um, you know what? It's so confusing. So this guy, who's this this marionette, is in between. So he can't. He keeps trying to like get to somewhere, but it like 
makes him breaks him or something he's not trying to get somewhere you know he's like acting and we kind of learn about this later on he's like you know he's he's an he's a rogue agent he's an he's informant to, yeah he's like informant he's he's hunting crows you know um he's trying to you know work with the bridge burners in a way okay and then i guess my last question is he was talking like he was getting kind of like working for some someone else kind of or something and he had like a knife and he he thought he was gonna like stab him i think at some point then he just like put it back and then he read his mind at some point and his mind said something about tattersail i believe like well, they talked about tattersail right but then yes but then he like read his mind i think no did he josh not? ringing a bell no Oh. It doesn't ring a bell for Pete. That's awkward. I feel like I want to revisit it in my audiobook, but I'll save that for later. Okay, well, yeah, I thought he did because he was, like, telling him, he felt like he wasn't telling him everything. Maybe not. So he isn't, so we're not concerned about his uh, allies, who he's... Oh, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's, like, he certainly seems a little unhinged to me. Oh, for sure. So he was not at any, he never at, he took his little knife out at some point, this little marionette. I know he did. <sighs> I know he did it. He's like Chucky in that way. You know, god damn it. Well, that's all I got from this chapter. So, it's all I know. Well, hopefully that cleared something up. I can't promise it did. No, I guess it does make sense. But um, maybe you could explain to me more so about the plans. And they they were throwing a lot of names around in the audiobook. And I was just not following. Um, the well, only... you'll, remember, you'll remember Hairlock kind of ended up as a puppet because yes. the High Mage Tatrin kind of like betrayed him and the other wizards during the Battle of Pale. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, that's how he ends up in puppet form. So he's certainly motivated to work against Tatrin. Mm. What I really liked about this chapter is, you know, like I feel like, especially like if you compare it to next chapter, often I feel like there's a lot of plot and we're like rushing to, and you're like rushing to understand who, what, why, where, you know, like there's so much you're trying to take in. And what I liked about this chapter is it was very small. It was, you know, it was just, here are the bridge burners. Here's what they're up to. And then here's Trots being a silly guy, you know? Trots is fun. Trots is fun. And that's what I, you know, I just, I enjoyed spending time with the characters and I think for me, I like I was so caught off guard by this chapter because when I think about the book, I think about, you know, kind of the larger story in a way and not necessarily the smaller character moment. It's very yeah. impressive that you can imagine a larger story in this because to me it's just a bunch of little sub uh, little sub stories going on with but, no real you know, with no clear plot of a larger story actually at but all. You, but there there were con- <laughs> you know the Darugistan Darugistan, India. I don't Darugistan. Nice. Nice. Damn it. And on that... Chapter 9. Tok the Younger, an outrider in the Second Army, and Claw rides towards Pale. He comes across corpses and follows the track south. Tok finds the Imperial adjunct Lorne being ambushed by Bargast. He helps rescue her along with the help of Tool, a Talani mass. Tok and the adjunct ride the same horse towards Pale. Perrin wakes up, his memory clouded, and doesn't remember the Hound of Shadow attack. Tattersail thinks somebody has intervened to save Perrin's life. Tok and the adjunct arrive in Pale, greeted by Dujek. 
The city is being occupied, the nobility culled by Tashrin. They speak of Opan's involvement, and Lorne learns that Tattersail is in the city. They have a dinner, Tattersail and Perrin attend. The dinner begins with Lorne accusing Tattersail of slaughtering her family. They nearly duel. Tattersail almost surrenders herself, but Dujek puts a stop to it. They speak shortly about Opan and Shadow Throne, and then retire. Afterwards, Perrin reveals that the adjunct sent him to Genabacus to find Sari. Tattersails decides to leave to find the bridge burners, but before she does, they spend the night together. Adjunct Lorne and Tool discuss the Talani Mass. Crone flies towards the warlord, Caladan Brood. So, India, this is, um, in this chapter, we meet Tool Onos Tulan, as his full name would be. Mm-hmm. Did you, um, just pull, you just pull that name out of nowhere? That's, I don't know, I that's his name. Anyway, Tool. Yeah. And he's a member of the Talani Mass, and this is our kind of first time seeing them. Ugh. Any first impressions about them? Yeah, Peter, I gotta say, that name is not ringing any bells. Maybe the you Talani can dis- Mass? Yeah. Maybe you could describe I got it. him. Yeah, take so, it. Take it, So Josh. a week and a half ago when I read this chapter, I texted Peter and said, how the fuck are we 60% of the way through this book or whatever? And they're just revealing the existence of like a multi-thousand strong army of undead people who were, we later find out, I guess, conscripted by the previous emperor. Yeah. Also, they have magic canceling abilities. Did they kill the corpses in the beginning? Yeah, 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 and then... Oh! And then, like, Tool kind of shows up out of the ground and, like, kind of oh! saves the day. Oh, and then he kills, he grabs the guy and breaks the leg and stabs him. Yeah. That's yeah, him? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. an undead bone man. Oh, I love he's him. A, he, I love he's him. He's a skeleton man. Oh, he, I'm a big Tool fan. I like that he came out of the ground. I like that he's big he, man of he schism, has, like, old clothes the on. The pot. I like that he's, he really, he really came through in that moment and but it was really that was a very violent scene yeah it was, it was a little no violent. i'm a little upset we just kind of yelled over my sweet references to tool the band but it was tool. I whatever i wasn't listening but sorry um, i was having a moment of clarity i, I just, loved it i just want to appreciate during the tool love fest i think he ends the next chapter with the great quote about futility oh it's so good Ugh. here i'll stall while peter looks it up I got it. So, <clears throat> nice try. Nice, your tool references aren't getting out today, Josh. <laughs> I was going to talk about the 76ers. <laughs> uh, tell me, tool, what dominates your thoughts? The IMAS shrugged before replying. I think of futility, adjunct. Do all IMAS think of futility? No, few think at all. Why is that? The IMAS leaned his head to one side. Because, adjunct, it is futile. <laughs> and then Lauren says, let's go, tool. We're wasting our time. That, yeah, that was, uh, that's, Tools had a long time to think of some zingers, and he really throws them down. Oh, Tools got the zingers. He's got them stored up. So, Josh, uh, we also meet, uh, kind of Tok the Younger, and he kind of befriends Ganois, um, and, uh, he kind of comes into the fold. Any, mm-hmm. uh, any Tok the Younger thoughts? So, I know we met Tok briefly. Briefly. Uh, he, briefly. He helped, he, he, uh, introduce Perrin. Perrin first to the city. Yes, I I gotta tell you, I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of Talk the Younger. He's um, go ahead, you you moved your face towards the mic. Well, that makes two of us. Oh, so hey, hey, three of us. Ayo, <laughs> Talk City up here. 
Talk City, bitch. We should rename the podcast Talk and Talk. What do we think? Fuck! <laughs> Me, that's good. <laughs> anyway. All right, good talk. So Good good talk. <laughs> anyway, so I like Talk the Younger because uh, he, like, straddles that... Lo- he's, like, he's a claw, which we they've been presented as kind of, like, you know, killers trained from a young age who have no remorse. But then Talk's also, like... Yeah, but then I was in this army for four years, and uh, there's yeah. some cool dudes. And I, I like, I, I love that. Like, no one in this world is free from being human. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, that's like it's really thought. yeah. I, I, I crushed that. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Like in so many he's fantasy got, novels, he's got like a split loyalty. He's a man yeah, of two minds. In so many, in so many fantasy books, like. You know, the people are like, oh, super edge claw people. I serve one master and he is death. And Tox's like, oh, these soldiers are pretty cool dudes. He's also like, him in that dinner scene is great. Oh, yeah. Because he is... He I, is... I love that, that in the dinner scene, Erickson chooses to write it from his point of view. And he does this all the time. And that's one of the things I like so much about the series is that like in a room, there'll be you know, a god and all these things, all these powerful people, and the point of view will be of, like, the normal Joe Schmo in the room. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I love how I love how out of depth he just so is in that scene. And, and like... He, he's just uh, he's just chilling. Yeah. He's like, ah... Uh, because, I mean, you know, there's the whole shit where, like, Tattersail and Lorne are about to do, and, you know, talk is... He can't take sides, but he's also, like, not trying to let people just murder each other. I don't know. I, I love a lot of it. And I know what you're thinking. What do they what do they have at this dinner? Good news. It's Taco Tuesday. India, what did you what did you think of the dinner? Kind of the centerpiece scene of the chapter in my mind. I mean, I did not get as much of it out of it as uh, it seems Josh did. However, I don't is this scene back in time no. or no? No. Oh, at all? Like no. none of that chapter was back in time. None of the chapters back in time. What oh, are we doing? My God. Okay, never mind then. I don't know because I just thought that because the <laughs> the puppet came and was like talking all this shit about what was going on with Tattersail, and then she was like, "I'm awake." In the next chapter. Oh, oh, oh! Well, like I there's see, like I there's see. like yeah, there's sort of flashbacks like for moments. Well, oh, you know, you got to think like I guess the the Hound of Shadow attacks Pale in like chapter four or whatever. So I think you know it took some time for Hairlock to get there. So these two things are probably happening concurrently, but Hairlock is like a few days. You know, like Whiskey Jack is getting a few days old news. Okay, all right. Like, there's a delay in the news. There's not a delay in time. Yes, all right. I Are just... you playing a game on your phone, Inch? What are you doing? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is just getting really hard. I don't think I can do the audiobook. I don't... Uh, it's really hard to follow. But I need to know, is Lore the... Lorne. Lorne the thing Mage that's... killer. Adjunct to the Empress. Adjunct, adjunct. Okay. Same person. Yeah, yeah. They, yes. Well, I don't really understand why they call both call her both names, but it's fine. Well, the adjunct is her, like, title. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she's cool. I couldn't tell the difference between... Is she um, a magic person? No, her sword is anti-magic. It's made out of the stopping magic metal, Ototaral. Now, okay, on that subject... And sure. Pro- this, this is probably spoilery, so you probably can't say anything. She mentions, after she gets hurt, they're like, oh, we'll bring our best, you know, healing mages. And she's like, at this point, you know, magic doesn't affect me. What's up with that? 
Hmm. Is she just like immune to it? Is it like should she touch the sword too long? Like, hmm. like is she the mage killer because she has the sword, or is she the mage killer because she has some inherent physical thing that has like aided her against mages? More yeah. the former than the latter. She's killed a lot of mages. She has the sword. She has the Oteterals. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not an inherent thing. She's okay. a human. Gotcha. Any other thoughts, or do we want to keep on uh, keep on trucking, so to speak? I'd like to tr- truck. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's truck. Chapter ten. Perrin and Tok meet up at an inn. Tok is surprised to see the captain alive. Together, they decide to furtively follow Tattersail's trail. Tatter sails on the Rivy Plain and encounters Bellardin, waiting to arrest or kill her. They converse. Bellardin reveals that Tatrin was researching an ancient Jagat tyrant whose tomb lies east of Darugistan. Given no choice, Tattersail opens her warrant. Affected by the elder magic of the Talani Mass, it engulfs both she and Bellardin in flame. Lorne and Toole watch the Warrens burn, observing the Elder Warren, Starval Demolane. Crone speaks with Kaladin Brood about Anamanda Rake, Opan, and the Crimson Guard. Tok and Perrin find Tattersail's body, with tiny tracks leading away from it. They suspect Lorne was involved, and Perrin swears revenge. Crone reunites with her ravens and discusses the elder sorcery over the Rivy Plains. They see it as a puppet who is attacking ravens over the plain. Crone flies back to Moonspawn to tell Animator Rake, whilst Hairlock tracks the adjunct Lorne and Tool. I'm gonna go first. You know, it's going to be a little twist for this section. I like it. And here's why. Because, you know, I'm reading through the second time. And, you know, I have such memories of reading the book, being so confused. And one of, I would say, the defining features of the confusion is every few sentences you read this name and you're like, oh, wait a second, uh, do I know this person? Or And then, like, you cut away and it's a completely new person you've never heard of. And you're like, who's this person? You know, I'm always trying to figure out who or these things. However, reading through this time, you know, I know who all the main characters are, you know, or who the more important characters are. So, like, every time I read, like, Anamanda Rake, I see it in, like, big bold letters or something because I'm like, oh, important character, you know. However, I, you know, that's hindsight's 2020. You do not have that knowledge. And I had an identical experience when Crone was talking to Caladan Brood about the Crimson Guard and brings up one of their captains, Jorick Sharplance, who I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you is not a primary character for the rest of the uh, series. Okay. Good to know. I, I read this name and I was like, who the fuck is Jorick Sharplance? I've never heard of this character in my life. And, you know, it was a real, it was a real throwback to having no clue who anyone was. So... That's all I want. That's what I want to share from Pete. Oh, okay. Thanks, Pete. Um, this has been Pete. I, I'm, I'm never gonna share again. You know, I just feel <laughs> really unappreciated. I feel unappreciated. I feel like I just share stuff and it lands like a Led Zeppelin. They did pretty well, actually. I t- I knew I shouldn't have said <laughs> it. <laughs> <You> fucking idiot. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Josh, before we got on air, you said you liked uh you liked the Caladan brood stuff. What did you think of meeting uh the warlord of the Rivy Plains? Okay, before we do that, I would like to go on record and say uh, Bellardin is my least favorite character so far in this whole book. Why is that? Fuck I guess that we're guy. just screw Caladan brood. We're just <laughs> We're going to get to Caladan in a second. But all Bellardin has done <laughs> is not be successful at Moonspawn. That's true. Not entirely fucking, his fault. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> fucking hold his ex-lover's body and remains in a bag. Be pretty weird about it. Not move. Not be dead. <laughs> just unmoving for a few days. When someone's like, hey, that smells like shit. Can I, like, preserve it? And he's like, yeah, dope, dope. And now we discover that he didn't bury it. He's still just holding on to this bag. All right? He's the chilling. Mother, okay, but fucking Tayshrin's the one that got his lover dead, and he's here like, oh, well, Tayshrin's fuck you, Bellardin, you idiot. All right, uh, now let's <laughs> go. What, what was <laughs> the question? Okay, now Caladan Brood. Well, well, I feel like we should talk about <laughs> Bellardin now, you know? I've feels... said what I've said. He's dead. Who gives a shit? Cutthroat. All right, so Caladan Brood. Uh, <laughs> I, so, I mean, we know almost nothing about him. What I find very concerning for the good people, and by good people, actually, who the fuck even is good, man? When you get down to, forces. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, to the, like, so, like, Anamander Rake we've seen, and it's pretty, pretty clear he's fucking powerful, and I, I feel like up until this point, I assumed that among the mortals, he was the most powerful in the game. And Kaladin Brood really does not seem to give two shits about him and seems to... And I, I was like, that's either dumb or this dude's so powerful, like, he just doesn't give a shit. And that's concerning. Hmm. Well, Kaladin Brood certainly has some power to him. Yeah, I don't, I'm curious I, to I, say... I don't know how much I can say. So. Yeah, I assume not. I assume not. It's okay. Now, his, his army... Th- yeah. This was this was a thing I was trying to I was trying to piece together. They're and like I part can't... of he like is the warlord of like the local plainsmen who are okay. allying oh, against. God. I, I'm gonna say this, a- India. If you understood any of this section, I would be super. Okay, you're shaking your head. So um, I was yeah I was like this... wondering if my absence of speaking was gonna be brought up and you just outed me. So uh, no no because let me tell you I I read I had the luxury of seeing all these words and I could not keep track of them. So. Like, like it was the it was the Jarek Sharplants that really threw you off. Yeah. So okay. So they're like north of Pale in some woods. Yes. Um. And is this like a coalition of a lot of different peoples? Yeah. So there's like amongst the people that have been opposing the imperial conquest of Genabacus, there's like the free cities, all of which have been conquered. Right. Out okay. next to Darugistan. Okay. And then there's kind of like, you know, this loose coalition of forces. There's this warlord, Caladan Brood. There's these cell swords, the Crimson Guard. And okay, now, yeah, mercenaries. and okay. there's Moonspawn and all the Tisty Andy on it, you know? So there's like a kind of loose floating army that's been fighting them uh, in addition to these free cities that have been falling. Okay, Fighting Malazan? Yeah, yes. fighting the Malazan. And we don't we don't really know their motivations yet other than like not wanting to be in the Malazan Empire, right? Which I think is a motivator for many people. It's a pretty good one. I, uh, going off of that, because like we're pretty early on in this series, like how much of the world is now this empire? Mm. Yeah, great question. Also, how many continents are there? And can I have a map? Um, There's the- maps <laughs> in the PowerPoint. Yeah. What? Great time as any time to shout out. Uh, 
I know I think we did it before. We've, we've used a... Uh, you sleep in X on X bed. The PowerPoint's off the Malazan subreddit. They're a great resource to people who are trying to read uh, the books. So. No, don't tell them that. We're a great resource for people trying to read the books. Well, the seven cities. We're, we're, I'm trying to spread the love. Spread the love, Inge. No. All right. Well, let's en- enough Caledon and Brood talk. Let's talk about uh, Inge between, uh, you choose, between Perrin, Hairlock kind of causing trouble, and then Tattersail's confrontation with Bellardin, and then their uh, flamey engulfing death. Any of those stand out to you? Um, take take your pick. Take your pick. All right. I'm going to start with Tattersail. I actually thought I really enjoyed her character for the brief time that she was there. And I really thought that she was going to be like a main just because I, for some reason she seems like the only character that isn't really like an asshole. I don't mm. know. Um, however, I did think she was kind of an asshole during the something of Pale. Pale. Siege. Yes. So I'm sad that she's dead. I don't get why or how it happened. I thought that she had a warrant and was able to use it. Why did she die? Okay, well, they, I, Josh, you take it. Okay, so I, first of all, here's what I want to say. I haven't read the books, but like <laughs> I've read a lot of fantasy books. And if I've ever seen a, oh, they've, they're not dead they've changed shape this is the most this is the biggest one i've ever seen like she's deaf not dead i want you to look at peter's uh face and and i think that you're right (laughs) yeah so that's great because she because she has so she like in that last moment and again this is like one sentence is he good he's not good you you solved the puzzle she's gonna cut she's actually yeah she's super alive well because like again with the audiobook there's like one sentence that said (laughs) that that doesn't. Peter, come back here. Nothing. Come back, Peter. Let it be it's known. Okay. Let it be. Let me know. Peter's hiding his head behind a blanket right now. No, because there's like a sentence where she's like, and then she thought of hairlock, and I was like, oh, so she's gonna she's gonna put her body in something else or some bullshit. But then they were like, they said childlike foots, and now I'm wondering if she's like a baby. Ah. It seems like a that seems like a twist. Look at Peter. And I'm, Look at Peter. <laughs> oh, Peter's fucking face. <laughs> Either I, just, I'm so, I can't speak about anything, you know? Either, like, either I'm so right or I'm just not even close. It's just hard, you know? There's this mystery and you're just taking big shots and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, well, who knows? You could do like we did during Game of Thrones and claim to not have read the books. I didn't read the books. I didn't. I Let's go with that. I actually haven't read the book. I don't know. Okay, good. That's my theory, India. I appreciate that theory. Good, because I really couldn't imagine. I mean, every character seems like a main character, but she seems like a super main, so... Yeah, I agree. I would be like... Yeah. Ah, damn it. I missed four things in my trash can just then. It's not about the shots that you take. Um, uh, uh, never mind. And that's the attitude I want us to bring to reading Gardens of the Moon. <laughs> it's not about it's not about how many you miss. No, what is it? It's just about fear of striking out. Come on, what's the what's the No, quote? no, you got it. You got it. I think you've said it. It's not about fear think, of striking out. I think you said it's I think about... you've said all the words, just not in the order. <laughs> it's just about playing the Give game. Give it one more shot. Okay. It's not about fear of striking out. Out. You know what? You know what, Inge? You know what? Let's, I'm gonna cut my losses and let's just no, move no, no, on. no. You know what, Inge? You know what? Let's uh, let's let's come on. Let's start segue. wrapping come it on. up, and then at the very end, we'll let you go out and nail the phrase. You know? Okay, fine. <laughs> well, that sounds optimistic. Uh, as always, so I guess uh, don't here, let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Oh, she did it! Boom! S- sorry, I couldn't hear you. It wasn't the end. Oh. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Josh, fill, t- fill airwaves. Fill airwaves. All right. 
There's this new song that Peter introduced me to today. All it's right, we're actually we're done. God so, damn and- it! Every time. <laughs> um, we'll let you know next week. <laughs> well, Philadelphia. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it for us this week on ten very big books. Next week, we're going to be reading uh, Book 4, Assassins, and I think it's chapters 11, 12, and 13. Look for us then. We'll, we'll post the date. Maybe we'll add it in and afterwards. Um, yeah, as always, uh, tell a friend, you know, at 10 Very Big Books on, at, on Twitter and the Gmail. Send us, a, send us a comment. I'm sure we'll post it on the Reddit. We'll, we'll be around in the comments talking to folks. And then... Uh, we're actually uh, we're recording this uh, the day we uh, we just put the podcast up on the internet. We're having a few in the bank, and uh, we want to get things going. But we received a lot of great feedback, so we just wanted to thank everyone for listening. Josh, Josh, do you have any pr- predictions going forward? We actually we're like midway through the book now. You actually could make a prediction. Yeah. I, I, okay. I'm so going to cover my face regardless of your prediction. So. Okay. So I, I'm going to take a bold guess. So we met the Darugistan clan, and I think the Darugist, sure. I think the Darugistan clan is going to mess with the plan that the bridge burners are going to enact. You know what I mean? And you think uh, our two sets of heroes are going to collide? Yeah, well, the two sets of main characters that are, are taking are, are in this city. I think they're going to collide. I don't, but I don't know. However, any guess I, on who's coming out on top? That's what I'm getting ready to say. I don't know whether it will be a straight conflict or whether there'll be some vestiges of working together. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I could see them. I could see the bridge burners spinning what they're doing in a way that could sound maybe uh, as a positive to our, our, our mis- miscreants in Darugistan. But we'll see. India, any prediction? You but, predicted there would be more romance, and people got down this chapter, so yeah, so far... I'm spot on with the predictions, I know. Um, it's like I read the books. But <laughs> I think that... Who's the coin bearer? Uh, oh, shit. Josh, you got it? No, that fucking kid, it's man. It's a kid. The young thief, Crocus Younghand. Crocus. Crocus. I think young Crocus is going to come through at some point, and he's going to do something that's going to be life changing. He's going to do something. I love that specificness. So you let me know (laughs) if you think that's a good prediction. All right. And uh, the phrase I was thinking you meant to say was you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's Wayne Gretzky, motherfucker. mm -hmm. I think that was more so where I was. Yes, that's 100% where I was going, Peter. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I'd like to thank Peter for um, knowing the quote that I was going to say. You said a better quote, though. Whatever shit you said was hella better than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Yes. Is that a real quote? Yeah, it's from a Cinderella story with Hillary Duff. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Oh, my God. God damn it. (laughs) All right. Uh... Get me out of this fucking podcast. See, well, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Love you. Hello, everyone. It's producer AJ here again. We hit a milestone earlier this week when the podcast surpassed 1,000 total listens. That is absolutely bonkers. Uh, And we are so incredibly excited that you're enjoying this show as much as you are. Please keep listening. Please keep telling people. Keep tweeting us. Uh, We really love when people say, hey, you know, I just came across this. I just started reading this book and it popped up in my podcast feed. And that's uh, really great. Uh, Just keep telling your friends. Keep 
rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. That'll really help us out. Uh, we also want to thank Dan Gesrick for making our logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gesrick for the hottest contact solution takes. And of course, all of the music for the show comes from Amaranthin's album Simulant Rain, which you can find on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes, and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks. That is June 21st, 2019. Thanks so much for listening. See you then.